Welcome back to another Bear Down segment. That's part of the Coach Steve show. Uh, Zach is here. This is he's back. I did a little preview draft by myself because I had thoughts, but Zach's a busy guy with his USFL stuff going on and all that good stuff. But Zach, glad you're back. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, I did plenty of catching up on my own. You know, uh, like I said, football plenty. Whether it's college, whether it's uh, college drafts the way we have it with the NFL or uh, spring football, you know, it's a busy time of year. You know, there is no off season for football anymore. But I did get, get, catch up with the draft, and I'm glad that we're going to get to be able to finally chat a little bit, kind of more future building, more preparation for 2023, um, and kind of see what you know you and I think might be uh, ahead in terms of how we feel now with new future talents on this roster. Um, yeah, before you, I mean, we could talk about specific players, but I think overall the vibe from a lot of bears outlets or people like that, that they were fine with the draft. You know, I, you know, I don't know about you. I, you may not have, I didn't get to like fully watch the draft. Um, I had baseball games and stuff, but the overall vibe was that I was just waiting for them to screw it up. You know, you're just kind of like, they're going to screw it up. The, 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 it's the Bears, no matter who it is. They're going to screw it up, no matter who the GM is. You know, we, we've been burned too many times. Um, and I don't think they really screwed it up. There might be some picks you go, eh, is, is, is that the guy you're going to go with? But, this, but, but at the time they said that, it was like round five. You know, round four or five, they're like, really? But, I mean, we're so used to, that's who you're going to pick? Like in the first round. Like, really? That's who you go with? But I, I would yeah. I would think eighty percent of Bears outlets fans were fine. I saw a lot of complaints for some, like, "Oh, the Bears screwed it up." I'm not a Bears fan, and I don't get why because it didn't look too bad. But yeah, overall, I think Ryan Poles, first time drafting around, did what he had to do, uh, including free agency too. Right. Well, I mean, free agency. I think you're gonna you're gonna say right now he lo- it looks a lot more of the uh, glitz and glamour because. I thought the draft for the Bears, um, I think it did, I think it suited all, a lot of needs, which to me, you know, that's not always the flashy draft, you know, some of the, some of the, some of the ones I'll admit that Chicago picked up, you know, you know, ta- I would think for the most part, your flashiest name is probably Tanner Wright, but beyond that, I mean, a lot of uh, u- utility guys, I think that, you know, you can see some that are plug and play, some that I think will be great rotational roster pieces. Um, and a few hidden gems that I feel are in there that might shine. But, you know, the main thing Ryan Poles did is what he he said he was going to do in this draft, which was fill a lot of the missing pieces and needs that the Bears were looking for as an entire roster. After they stripped it down last year and kind of said, screw it, we're going to go in and worry about cap- draft capital and finding the best of the best and then build on that base. And they kind of did what they needed to with the draft capital they built up. You know, like I said, with, you know, Tanner Wright, you know, and I think that's the main one we can kind of kick things off with. There are a few options they could have gone with there. Um, One of them that I liked was taken earlier on, which was Paris Johnson. And then you had Jalen Carter. And then, you know, Philadelphia wanted him pretty bad. Uh Um, And sure enough, they did trade. Now, I think the bigger question with that is, did they get enough compensation for, moving one back because really it was the it was in the bears court to get whatever they wanted at the ninth pick from philadelphia and really all they did 
was move one spot down and get a fourth rounder for next season. Uh-huh. So some value there. Um, and sure, I, we've, I think some analysts will tell you that, you know, once you get outside the top five, you know, value does start to kind of crater uh-huh. in the first round as more and more. I didn't think it was just a fourth you can get, though. I thought you could at least get, like, two picks out of that. Right. Because it felt like Philadelphia was desperate to pick up Carter. Right. You know, because it felt like Chicago was going to get Carter if Philadelphia doesn't come to the table and give them something. I just didn't think Poles would give Carter away for just a fourth rounder. Right. Um, I think that was the only thing complaint I saw from Bears fans was you could have just picked that guy at nine, but right, it, it's Bears fandom flip-flopping again uh we want all the picks well then when he gets them well we don't want the picks um but i mean Eh. you know it is what it is you know he there was you know i know people maybe wanted to pick up you know will anderson or whoever but there was you know they look at player profiles they look at who they are do they want to take a risk and you know uh I don't know about you, but I, I straight up said the Bears better take an offensive tackle. You know, I and yeah, but I would have been fine with a defensive tackle. But like the only reason why I said offensive tackle is because what was the first complaint for most of the weeks this year? Offensive line. So if that's the thing that you think, and you didn't see any free agents picked up really, you know, like that was not something he did. So he, Ryan Poles is like, okay, we'll pick an offensive tackle. And so I'm, I predicted that. I said they need an offensive tackle. Because I think you could find defensive linemen later on in the draft and or free agency again and just find a one-year deal type of guy to come in, get you through the season, build up CM guys. Then the next draft or the next free agency, then you build up that. Because I think as Bears fans, free agency was great mm. for offense. Now we got a couple of defense, but offense was great. Now we need some depth. So in the draft, what are you going to address? which I think they did as we go through it, but I think they did. I think he did the best he could with what was out there. And another overall thing I think was, hey, Justin Fields, we're giving you stuff now. You have wide receivers. We drafted certain guys for offensive linemen. You have decent running backs. So now I think pressure even builds more now from the draft saying, hey, we didn't really get playmakers because we already have them. So now we're giving you the pieces to, to, to take that next step next year. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, look, they got Nate Davis picked up in free agency. Braxton Jones was a, was a surprise solid pick at tackle this last year. And they had other quality linemen that I think they just didn't put in the right spots or got head injury woes early on. Let's say Lucas Patrick, or you have Cody White, Whitehair, of course. You got Kramer that's going to be able to come back this year. And then they got Tanner Wright, which, you know, Wright was – to me and others, he was one of the top three guys on the board. There was Skoranek as well, and you had Johnston as well. And right, I mean, you're talking about a big SEC right, left, right tackle that, you know, can handle his own and handle it against some of the best in the country, you know, that past year. I mean, we talked about the Alabama game. I think that was something that got brought up, like, first thing when Wright got picked up was that, oh, yeah, by the way, he didn't allow a single sack against Will Anderson – during their matchup uh-huh. against Alabama, which credit, some people can go, well, Will Anderson had an off year. It wasn't his best season, but on the flip side, it's Will Anderson and it, Will Anderson went number three overall to the Houston Texans and was at one point in the draft process considered a number one overall pick to where 
that I thought, I think some people thought it was kind of crazy, but there were people evaluating that at that time. And I think that that has some stock sec quality talent you're playing against. And the fact that Tennessee was able to be one of the, honestly give one of the best performances on the offensive side of the ball and protecting Hendon hooker. Um, that cannot be understated. And I think that's the, t- the prototypical tackle you want as a bears fan. And yeah, you could have gone for Jalen Carter. I think Carter, you know, pro obviously combine pro day, that sort of thing is surrounded by, uh, off field issues that uh-huh. we can go in. We aren't, I'm not going to jump into because it's been said enough, but you know, also a prototypical, you know, dominating force in the inside for defensive tackle, which they could have you, they could have used, but I think if you are talking about what the Bears lacked last year, defensively, they they did most of their own. They were very gritty. Uh, they had a lot of good positions, and they did a lot of things that secured even other spots that were challenges in the off in the off season and free agency so far. You know, with Trayvon at Ed, with both the TJ and Trayvon Edwards being put in. So, you know, you have two layers of that setup, and later in the draft. They obviously picked up another piece that will be helping lay the foundation for that front four on the defense, which will be Garvin Dexter. So, you know, another D, another quality SEC talent in that line. Not not going to be like a Jalen Carter. You know, he's not a world beater like Carter has, has been, but still has been producing and still was uh-huh. a second round talent. So, you get that value. I think that the tackle spot is more important here because. I mean, look, if I'm if I'm Eberflus, if I'm Getze, I'm trying to limit hits. Yep. I obviously can tell my quarterback's been getting beat up and needs to stop getting hit and taken to the ground and needs to not lose time on the sidelines this year. And also needs to be able to develop more as a passer, as been stated all across. I think any, even if you are mega pro fields, mega, mega against fields or whatever you want, you know at some point you're saying, well, we need to build that line to let him try and get better at passing and not just trying to scramble and hurt himself. So this was the best choice. I think that was it. I wanted Paris Johnson, honestly. Um, I know Skoranek was another one that was up there, but I, the reports of kind of the worry about his like arm length was going to be an issue for me. I know that you're shaking your head and you can explain in a second, but I was for Johnson first. Wright was going to be like my if we go if we do go there and they feel uh-huh. confident go with him. But you know with Johnson going, it was I think it's I think six. I was like, well, either we are picking someone else or we're going to go Jalen Carter now. Oh no, I was just shaking my head because I was thinking to a uh, Chicago podcast that brought up the arm length and I listened to their debate and I thought it was well, that was like the that was like the the two weeks leading into the draft. I think that was the biggest argument to towards Skoranek was that started like popping up like crazy was the whole arm length issue from the combine. Yeah, because they were like, well, if you're in tackle, you want really, really long arms to get to the defensive edge. And then mm-hmm. I sit there and I go, well, if you watch them in college and he's talked about to be, you know, a great tackle and he can do it at Northwestern or wherever he's going to do it in the NFL. I just never understood. And then I said, well, you can just put him at guard because that's what he can do. Uh, I don't know. I Darnell Wright was fine pick. He was on my board, but Peter Skronowski from Northwestern was like my guy because I was like the Bears went and watched him. They had all their coaches there. Like they were all there watching him. Uh, he's a tough guy. I was like, that's the guy. I wasn't mad about the Darnell Wright one 
But I think I've just watched Peter Skrowski more just because of being watching the Big Ten because I'm an Illinois fan, so I watch more. Yeah, Northwestern, you know, up there. Right. So watching that, um, I just kind of thought they could have went with him because, I mean, apparently Tennessee Titans don't care about his arm length because he was taking the very next pick. Right. So, I mean, just just he doesn't have to play offensive tackle. He could go to guard. He could put him at right guard. If he was the right tackle, put him at right guard. Well, that was something that I think a lot of folks were talking about was maybe he's he's one of those perfect transitional pieces to put at a guard in the NFL. You know, still a quality lineman, but you say you do like a Tevin Jenkins, you just move him inside. Yep. And you just let him bully people. Yep. Instead. Yep. Um but that's just and They me. did lose Nate Davis to Chicago, so maybe that is kind of what they're thinking. I could be wrong, but that was one of a, that was a vital cog in their front five. Yeah, that could have been what they were thinking. I know if you look at the depth chart right now, I mean, it means nothing right now. They already have sure. Darnell Wright as like the right tackle starter. Uh, he Nate, probably will be unless he struggles in camp. That's really the deal. Nate he Davis, probably will be. Nate Davis says right guard for him right now. Cody Whitehair at center. Tevin Jenkins at left guard. And Braxton Jones mm-hmm. at left tackle. Well, and you, you hear that line. That's actually pretty formidable. And again, something we've talked about. You know, I'm hoping they stick with Cody Whitehair being the starting center. I know Lucas Patrick didn't get much of a fair shake with injury woes, but I'm telling you, man, even if it's a minor snap here or there that it gets a little wonky, Uh Whitehair has always played his best at center, and Uh the line has generally played better when he's at center. I think you play him at center. Just you might as well. The, the, The truth's in the tape. Anytime that man has played under center, the only issue they have with him is that he every once in a while has a snap that goes a little wide. It's still catchable, but it, it, it does cause a wonky play, but I'm telling you that still can be taught out or you can sacrifice that for a better offensive line. Mm -hmm. I think that's worth the cost in my opinion. Yes. And then you have, um, Doug Kramer right behind him. I, I think Doug Kramer will, I know he was injured. I watched my Illinois for five years, however long he was there. Um, mm-hmm. he's a suburb guy from a suburb 15 minutes away from here. I think he'll slowly take reps. And I think if something happens to Cody Whitehair, he'll probably get that next step just because Lucas Patrick last year was just, you know, yeah, we, 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 yeah, yeah it, it is what it is. But I mean, it, there was, there was a lot of, uh, yeah, type of moments right. last season like that, but you know, but Braxton Jones taking that next step forward to be a decent left tackle. I love Te- Tevin Jenkins because of how tough he is. People can say what they want. And I'm like, I want a guy that like late hits somebody for around a pile. I want someone <laughs> like that. Just because like he's going to fight in there. I love it. Cody mm-hmm. Whitehair, not too bad. Nate Davis, not too bad. And then Darnell Wright at right tackle. Because I don't want I don't want to think that Darnell Wright's not good. Like you watch the film, everything else, great. Mm-hmm. Um just another thing with with Peter Skronowski was just the type of offense they ran, which was very run heavy um, with Northwestern right. and stuff. I like that. Darnell Wright at Tennessee, they are a up tempo, snap the ball in ten to twelve seconds. They're not all pass, but they have to move quick, and it's a different type of offense. So he could probably adapt. He's a big guy. I just thought a transition from a lineman that played a similar ish probably style could fit better. Um, but I'm not mad at the pick. Not mad at it at all. It was no. I, I'm fine with it. The more the more I read in a ta- into Darnell Wright, the more I went. You know what? This is good. And again, I wanted an offensive lineman, so I really thought they were going with Carter once Johnson went off the board. You know, and I think the Cardinals got a great pick 
with Paris Johnson, but Wright to me is a solid, um, I would say a solid secondary choice if you wanted. I just wish it was a little more compensation. Again, for Philadelphia moving up one, you know, even at nine, I think you still could have gotten like maybe like a third, maybe like a fourth round or third round this year and like a fourth or third next year yeah. instead of just one fourth rounder. That's it. But you know what? They got their guy. It's fine. They didn't lose. They got a pick out of the deal. So I guess you still can't be mad. Like I, I can say they could have gotten more, but like they still technically got more value plus the a guy they wanted on their board, obviously. So that's a good one too. So offensive tackle locked down defensive tackle. I just mentioned, we mentioned a little bit, uh, Gervin Dexter from mm-hmm. Florida. Um, definitely also someone I think that is right away a plug and play mm-hmm. for Chicago this year. Well, I mean, and also considering how that unit needs reinforcements the most, even after the draft, like of all the things on defense, they couldn't really lock it down free agency. They did get, Dexter, obviously, mm-hmm. for this. And they picked up another SEC defensive tackle and Zach Pickens we'll talk about in a bit. So they got some reinforcements. But even then, depth is still needed, you know. Oh, and also to mention Travis Bell for from Kennesaw State, too. But a lot of a lot of question marks is mostly from that front four. That that's gonna be it. So, you know, Dexter's an instant plug and play alongside Justin Jones. Yes. Um again, the depth chart means nothing. Right now, he's a second string behind Justin Jones at that defensive tackle spot. But it, this means nothing. But he'll be mm-hmm. immediate. He'll either start right away or defensive line. It, sometimes it doesn't matter who starts because they rotate so much that it really doesn't matter necessarily who starts there. And again, he goes through camp. But to get, but like I said, you could have picked a defensive lineman in the first round, but you were going to find another one later on, you know. Like you said, is he the same as all the other first-rounders, like a Jalen Carter in them? No. But guess what? SEC player, big player, and he's fast. Yep. He's 310 pounds, and he said he ran a 4.840. So, I mean, it's the fifth. Big boy got wheels, man. That's Big boy's got wheels. Yeah, it says fifth fastest time among defensive linemen in attendance. Um, so to play in an SEC type of school, I, I believe they were a four-down defense as well. So it's something that he can – um, adapt to. So I was fine with that mm-hmm. too, because like I said, you make a sacrifice. If you take a defense alignment in the first round, you have to be settled with some type of later on esque type of offensive tackle. So it was just who was going to be more important. And since defensive line rotates so much, I think the offensive tackle was perfect. I think he'll be fine as a plug and play for a similar defense that they played in. Um, and Zach Pickens too, from South Carolina, the exact same thing. Yes. Um, He's 305 pounds. He ran a 4.89. Yeah, I was going to say fifth and sixth fastest. So back-to-back speedster types, which you know, which shows that they wanted to find guys to develop because they did not get pressure on the quarterback. So they are looking at this saying, hey, if they're big and can hold gaps, but they're also fast, we need to find a way to get pressure on this quarterback that we just could not do it last year. When our safety is the leading sack leader or, or you know, like that's an issue. So I think with those yes. guys, that's what they addressed. It, it sounds like as well, you know, reading kind of the evaluations of Pickens and Dexter. Um, Pickens definitely comes off as more of a run stopper right out of the gate. Right. Uh, based on draft eval. Um, as for Dexter, 
he's kind of an all over like utility belt type of guy. It sounds like, like can get the pass rush done, still a good run stopper. And one, I think a person who looks like you can kind of move around depending on where the need sees fit. Yep. Cause I mean, I'll mention like ESPN's right up on him. You know, they're talking about he's played in the five technique or the three technique uh-huh. in years with Florida, you know, kind of wherever Ibafus needs to be having him. I think they're going to be testing that out during mini camps, training camps, OTAs, um, the like. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be fascinated to see where his spot is or what they do with him a lot. If he's that multifaceted, I think you see Pickens put in the middle is just like a, you're a big boy, go clog up a damn hole. Uh-huh. You know, if you get back there, freaking amazing, but like right. go clog up hole. You're about, you're the run stopper. Okay. Yep. We need you in there to stop that. Cause that was another, again, another problem that stemmed from their, from a week front seven last year. That was a big weakness for them. Run game was a tr- run defense was atrocious. They picked up two guys that either are they specialize in it or they are good, still good at doing it in this case, uh, at least of the earlier two. Uh, let's see. I mean, Travis Bell, you know, seventh rounders. That's the thing that worries me when you draft seventh round, they need depth, but like it's a little harder to say if you're going to see a seventh rounder end up on the roster. So like that's where I'm a little bit on. But the thing is, but the thing is still, you know, six foot three, 10 pound guy. I mean, Again, you need you need position fillers, so uh-huh. you can't totally knock out Travis Bell because they it's the weakest position on that defense. They need those people and resources right now to evaluate. Right. Yeah, I mean, if you pick him at seventh round, you're expecting him to be a third string, just in case. You know, uh, I don't think he'd be a practice squad guy because you drafted him, but you know, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. But yeah, th- I literally think they were probably like. Hey, they're putting pressure on the guys that are already there. Like, hey, we're going to get some young guys in here. If we can't figure it out, these young guys get all the reps. A quote from uh, Pickens, I like. He said, um, all I care about is stopping the run. My desire is to stop the run. That's all I care about. That's his, that's his mentality. <laughs> Just goes to show. Right. <laughs> so I like that. And, again, SEC defensive linemen. Like, they're tough. They already play hard-nosed football. So that's something you want to bring in. Um the one I sort of kind of was confused about, but I thought about more and was okay with it, was uh, Tyreek Stevenson, the cornerback for Miami. Because uh, we, yeah. we do have corners, and I think that's the one people were like, what? Like, what are you looking at? But we need depth back there because when they got hurt this year, it was bad. Jalen Johnson going out, I think, is all you need to say there. And you can go, yeah, that, that tracks. You know, and John, it's too bad because Johnson has had to go out two straight seasons he's had to lose a few games apiece so you might as well build that up they're also talking that stevenson could be competing with some of these guys which again i don't think he gets a starting spot but you know if you want to go out there and try and you know take on kyler gordon gordon i mean be my guest i thought gordon finished i think gordon i'll give him as much as we gave him crap last year he did end the season strong there's no denying that yep but i guess if you wanted to be saying, well, hey, Stevenson, look, Kyler, we need him to start just as fresh. So, uh, you know, maybe you, you know, keep impressing and get yourself hungry because if we feel the production's not there, if it doesn't start, if it doesn't get back to the same level we saw at the end of the season, we might not hesitate to, you know, pull that leash back or something like that. Right. You know, and again, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it's good to have depth at those spots. Like you're talking, I think the more important part is that Jalen Johnston, 
Johnson has had the track record the last two years where he, you're going to see him lose a few games. So, or you may see him lose a few games. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but it's starting to become a little more common. Good to have somebody ready to go and plug and play so that we're not relying on, you know, we're not relying on a few depth pieces that can get exposed very easily, which did happen a few times last year. That was the sad part. Yeah. And they also got uh, Terrell Smith in round five, cornerback from Minnesota. So that was mm-hmm. – so you notice in this draft it was more defensive-oriented. You know, they got a couple offense pieces, but it was, hey, we need some depth just in case and, you know, some younger guys to push some of the older guys or really get pressure on the offense. So that was kind of the route they took. If you looked at offensive free agency – that's what mm-hmm. it was. Then the then the draft, they said, okay, more defensive heavy because we can't fix everything this year. I think that's another takeaway is we can't fix everything. We're, no. just, we're just trying to get better, get to that 500 win mark or above 500 for a wild card maybe this year. It's the next year where we start to go, can we fix more pieces into what's here? Right. I mean, they keep in mind, I mean, now they're going to have, you know, two first rounders next year as well. So – you know, this is very much to kind of just build a good core, like where you can at least say, hey, you know, we're one or two pieces next year from young talent away to just maybe going off even more so. You know, that's the whole plan. Um, I say if we're talking defensive pickups, you know, uh, the, the only one I thought that was interesting that I kind of, I think it, at least some folks, some pundits put like a surprise pick. Um, to, and to me, I guess it kind of is because of how the free agency went, but I don't fully disagree with it, was they picked up Noah Sewell, Penny, Penny Sewell's uh, young, younger brother, um, Oregon linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, hey, NFC North is the Sewell brother stomping grounds. But, you know, I, I think some folks are like, well, they invested so much in the linebacking position. Do they really have to draft a linebacker? It's like, well, it's a fifth-round pick. The guy, is a ve- the guy is a veteran linebacker. He obviously, when you watch Oregon games – it was one of the best in the country for several, for multiple years out there in the Pac-12. And really, you know, I'm if we're talking Chicago, I mean, I think anything's on the table as long as your name is not uh as long as your name's not Jack Sanborn, TJ Edwards or Trayvon Edwards. I think everything else is on the table. Well, for this season. So, I'm not against bringing in a guy that was a that was a dynamic playmaker and a consistent workhorse for the Oregon Ducks defense right so I have no problem with the pick because it's also later so it was a fifth rounder you're not the value is reasonable enough to go there and again you might as well good to have rotational pieces in some depth because you never know what can happen right and I'm okay with this pick because if we gotta remember we're playing a 4-3 defense and a 4-3 defense it's not quite the Lovey Smith one but this guy if you if people look at the numbers, 65% of his snaps came, he was a middle linebacker, but he mm-hmm. had 500 career snaps as an outside linebacker, and he had over 100 snaps as a slot cornerback. And he can also rush the passer, um, 18% pressure rating over two seasons, 11th out of 1,100 FBS players. Um, so he can blitz, he can go out and guard a receiver. You could put him in the middle. So I think this is, like you said, fifth round, He's athletic. Yeah, maybe he's not your traditional big-time linebacker, but guess what? If he's the outside linebacker 
and you have a slot receiver and you want to take less pressure off of your corners and your safeties, and he can go mm-hmm. out there and guard somebody in a zone or a man-to-man just for a short route, perfect. And you rotate him in here and there. Or if he can blitz and you want to get pressure, line him up as an outside defensive end and be a stand-up guy and go. Like I think that's something yeah. else you could do, and that's why. So I'm okay with that pick. I don't know why people hated it, but I think they just hear linebackers. So they're like, well, wait. No, he can go well, everywhere. Well, well, look at look at the linebacking core. I mean, I'm, this is who's currently on the roster right now. I mean, the front the front starting three, the projected starting three that probably will be the starting three, are T.J. Edwards, Tremaine Edwards. I keep saying Trayvon, so pardon me. That's yeah, it's been been a few weeks, so or politically <laughs> bear with me. We gotta be Tremaine Edwards, correct. Jack Sanborn, all three of those guys. You 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 brought in two of them to start yes. out of the gate. Yes. You know, Jack Sanborn was the surprise of last year, I think, on that roster. And that became, as we've talked at length, that became the case because Roquan Smith was let go. So, you know, he stepped in. He he played extremely well, and he deserves his starting spot from his play last year. So you have three starters that are high qual- quality. After that, tell me who else sounds great to get lined up because I, I dare you to tell me that Dylan Cole, Kendall Williamson, who are projected second rounders. It's ESPN's depth chart, but again, that can right. change. You know, I dare you to tell me those two are going to be ones that are like, oh, I can definitely plug and play them. Um, I think Demarcus Gates is, but you know, again, Gates has been kind of relegated as a third stringer slash practice squad player for the Bears. I just am also a USFL guy, so I'll always rep the USFL guys. But I digress. I think Gates could be a second level guy out of this but whatever you know you also have terrell lewis and keyong dang noah sewell i think at a fifth rounder can easily press to be a second level linebacker Uh to where he'll be a backup so that is not a bad choice again to me i mean again i'll I'll favor the usfl guy in gates because i love him but you ain't telling me that that's that there's depth here to where i'm like oh yeah yeah it's Right. Good depth. No, I'm I'm cool right. with that. So that that's the justification, you know. And if it's uh, Edmonds that goes down, then yeah, I'll, I'll uh, you know I, I wouldn't mind him stepping in. You know, young, probably hungry guy to get on the field. Yes, uh, especially with his brother in the NFC North as well. He's probably like I got to go there and prove myself. So I think that's um, motivation. And then the only other pick we didn't say was Tyler Scott, the wide receiver from. Cincinnati, which I know you are very big on. Oh, I, I do like Tyler Scott. Um, I like him a lot. Dude's dude's speed is off the charts, uh, and that that's what has me kind of, I would say, wanting to see him in preseason much sooner rather than later, because of the fact that that's that speed does kill, and one the best thing right now Justin Fields has in his repertoire. Besides, besides, I would say, you know, just getting the stuff out quick, quickly on short routes, you know, run, on the run passes, he has a pretty deep ball. And Tyler Scott is a fast, is a fast, fast dude on the side that you can have run up the seam. You can have him run on a streak route on the side. You can put him in at like a five receiver set and get him lost, and you can get him one on one. I bet he burns his man if you just tell him to run. Uh-huh. Just flat out sprint. That I'm telling you, when you run a four two anything at the combine, you are guaranteed to get eyeballs. I love this pick for the value in the fourth round. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's a perfect depth position piece for the Bears. Because, yeah, they upgraded that receiving core. Chase Claypool, I will still consider an upgrade, even though we ragged on him last year. You know, But, you know, you look at everyone behind them, you know, St. Brown coming back, you know, he had his reps that was solid. Dante Pettis, and hell yeah, put me Tyler Scott right in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, if anything, it does make me wonder what happens with Valus Jones, because Scott is a guy that I think you can see as at the slot and that and also because of his speed you can see him replacing him if he plays better as a gadget player yep too so that's what is probably i think a bit of the gray area for like that depth but i love scott's speed and as long as he comes out and he balls in the preseason the way i think he can and if he can burn some guys he's gonna be a good one i think that gets he'll play around with don't don't underestimate again the the speed this guy has as long as he can catch the ball decently he's not like a Darius Hayward Bay that just has stone hands but is super fast right you have a great like underrated weapon that you can rotate in at random during games right uh I think it could be a good punt returner too if these guys too yes that too because we saw how our punt return was last year with with some guys and dropping them and some losing their jobs so I think that this could be your Devin Hester-esque type of player maybe where, hey, you're our punt returner, kick returner, whoever, and then we'll also rotate you in in a slot or a motion guy or something, and you'll be a speed. Even if it's a decoy here and there of how fast – if he's that fast and he is on the field, that's a decoy right there to use to get guys open. Now he was also used as a gunner for punt returns as well uh, when he was playing. So a fast gunner also is – fantastic for special teams as we know first man yes. down there first person at contact and again you're you were talking guy that ran or sorry not a 4240 you ran a 4440 <laughs> but oh excuse us four, four. Excuse. i know i know i know but there is a distinction there <laughs> I hey that's that's still really fast that's super fast uh junior olympic sprinter and the 400 meter dash so mm-hmm. there you go. Shows how spa- fast he he really is. I'm telling you, they're gonna they're gonna use that speed as much as he is more raw, and that's that's something I had even read before the ESPN put their write up on there. You know, as much as he is rawer, you know, speed is a speed is a vital asset to so many aspects of this game. As long as you can, as long as you can use that and then fine tune as you go, sky is the limit. I, I love this pick. I, I think it's a great fourth round pick. I think it just reinforces the gains on the offensive side of the ball, and it gives another weapon for for either Luke Getzey and Fields, or you know, even like you said, special teams. You train him as a punt returner. You can be shifty like that. Super speed on the outsides. Watch out. I love this. I, that this one is like my my best value pick in the Bears draft in terms of like get later on, but someone that you can. I think definitely see making an impact right out of the way. Yep. Um, and then they got the safety from Stanford, and they even said he could end up being a practice squad player, but it's a guy that they could develop and add some depth to the safety corner position as well. So they're 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 planning moves for this season, but they're also looking ahead, which we're not used to as Bears fans. We're used to them screwing up a draft. I feel confident with Ryan Poles. Like I told you, like, I pumped my brakes with Justin Fields. I pumped my brakes with Ryan Poles just because we've been Mm -hmm. burned way too many times. And the way the season went, the way the free agency went in this draft, I'm okay now. 
like with Ryan Poles. I'm perfectly okay with how he's doing things, how confident he is. You know, yeah, we probably could have got another draft pick from the Eagles, but he knows something that we don't, and he was perfectly fine with it. So I'm yeah. from from the draft picks perspective. As a Bears fan, I feel pretty good. The free agent moves this. I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm chill. You know, I'm 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 giving him time. I get it. Like I said, they 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 stripped down the roster. You know, I'm still there's still some stuff. I'm not gonna let up on the Chase Claypool trade just yet because again, that value I think will come to fruition this year in terms of how badly that value was missed. So we'll find out shortly. But you know, beyond that. You know, and some of the debates on Roquan Smith we've had, which we've had our beef on, it's it's a new era. I I have, like I said, it's a utility draft that they had. It's nothing flashy, uh-huh. but a lot of these guys are contributors, and they're like obvious, like yeah, this this fits the bill we're thinking about with like the plan that keeps getting talked about, or you know, in terms of the defense, what you know Matt Eberflus wants out of his defensive fronts, you know, so it's going the right direction. Uh, one pick we did miss actually. I just think I just was thinking of this is uh, Roshan Johnson from Texas. Uh, oh back, yes, yes, yes. Uh, who was behind Bishan Robinson? Um, if anything, just adds more depth to the to the RB room. Um, yep. He was kind of like the second fiddle in Texas last year. Uh, if anything, I think at the very least you're going to see him challenge uh, Tevin Homer. Uh-huh. or Travis Homer, I'm sorry, Tevin Homer. I'm, I'm thinking arena football. Uh, you're at least seem to challenge Travis Homer uh, during this off season. Uh, but right now he's probably squarely behind Herbert and Deontay Foreman or so, you know, but again, if anything, there were a few nods from bear scouts saying that he, they like that. They think he's trending up and he might be a guy that's around for a bit. So we'll, uh, we'll find out soon. I don't know what that even anymore. I don't know what that even means. Cause bears, Bears running backs rotate out like uh, every few years. You get a really solid one, and then they get a second solid one, and they don't know what to do with it, and then the first solid one goes away, like David Montgomery. Jordan yes. Howard was more like a fall from grace, but I'll still count it because he was a good running back for his time in Chicago. They just didn't know what to do with him yes. when uh, Nagy came into town. Yep. So um, That running back room is not bad. You got Foreman, Herbert, and now Johnson. Like That's a – Pretty decent running back room. No, that's good. I, I think the only question I have, and credit, like Darnell Wright coming in, you know, if the front line can block, that usually gives a little less pressure to running backs. But still, we all know Khalil Herbert's not a great pass blocker. I don't know as much about Deontay Foreman, um, something I probably need to check in on. But, like, we all know that Foreman and Herbert are probably going to split most of the carries slash possessions anyway. Right. So... That's my only question. Otherwise, both of them, they serve their purposes. Foreman's more of the straightforward runner. Herbert's more of the everyman type of position. He can catch, he can run. You know, maybe Johnson gets a few touches or Homer, depending on what's needed, because you can't always put Foreman in. Maybe you rotate out for Herbert one pass play or some different plays in for Johnson, depending on how good he is or Homer, whoever wins out there. So, yeah. Um, I mean, offensively, it's definitely gotten all the upgrades needed to where I'm expecting a lot more this year. Uh-huh. Um, I There's no holding. Like, even some of the stuff that people were getting on that was over extreme, I, got, I get it last year, but 
I mean, they've done a lot to where I shouldn't be seeing a three and 14 roster again, uh, this season, yeah. uh, at all, uh, right. way less, more, less excuses this year. And again, it's because there's a lot of pieces you're like, yeah, I, I don't see how this would like last year they tore it down this year. I'm like, no, no, this should, this should at least win not in eight to 10 games. I would put peg it in pretty easily for eight to 10 for me. Um, yeah. You know, I like where it's going. Yeah. Just stay uh, healthy and, uh, you know, hopefully ju- and see Justin Fields keep growing. That's the, those are the two things. You know, I need those two things to be be playing in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, Johnson could also be a returner as well for kickoff or punt. That's like, true, too. For running back. Mm-hmm. He could go out there and do that to get him some touches and kind of show what he can do. But, yeah, the, the offensive line doesn't sound too bad because some of those players got better as the year went on last year. Um, Wide receiver starters sound pretty good. Cole Komet finally came on halfway through, finally started to catch and (laughs) everything else. Um, It's just going to be how healthy can Darnell Mooney be in this season? Um, Can Chase Claypool get the ball more, which I think he should? Um, DJ Moore is going to do his thing. Uh, Then it's Justin Fields. You know, it was reported that they said he looks better throwing the ball and pocket presence and all that stuff, which – Sounds good, but you take that with a grain of salt because it is, you know, springtime and and yeah, you can control a little more scenarios as well. But I mean, I, I from what we've seen with his work ethic and he generally says the right things. He's a he's a gritty team player. I have no doubt that he's been working on some things and knows that even if you are talking like just for the team growth, I think knowing that it's year three and going, okay, this is the year they're building up to have me kind of fully take control. You know, I think he knows the importance of this season, uh, not just for his growth, but really for his career. I mean, I think that's a lot of Bears fans. We've we've talked about it on this show. I give QBs three years. Uh After that, I start really doubting if you're going to be going up. It's once in a full moon you see a Rich Gannon type of career arc where – late late career you see a guy blossom or something like that right so you know and some of it comes down to coaching screwing things up but you know in this case i mean fields has the athletic talent he's just now it's the arm talent let's see that let's see that continue to go in the right direction like it did at times last year that's the deal right and there's all the pieces here for it now right and dj moore's gonna hopefully open that up mooney coming back will be opening that up Chase Claypool hopefully takes another step. Hopefully that he doesn't have as much pressure on him. And he gets a, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt with the playbook reading. Uh-huh. No excuses uh-huh. this year for the playbook. So all that's on the table. <laughs> yeah. And then you're going to have an upgrade offensive line. So for fields, it's arm that strength too. and pocket presence. Are you going to take off and put pressure on the O-line? Or are you going to, I know the O-line has to hold up their end of the deal. Don't get me wrong, but are you, we'll, we'll just see. I know there's going to be, Braxton Jones, second year. Darnell Wright, first year. Um, is he going to be patient with some of that? Is the pocket presence going to be there? You know, all that stuff. That's the big next steps is we already know your run, your athletic. You know, um, does he have a grasp on the offense? Is he going to make mm-hmm. checks at the line? Is he going to be able to do all that stuff? Um, so we all know that. And then, then looking at the defensive roster, it is upgraded from last year. And then the big thing for them is the depth. Because when they got hurt, we were like, oh, oh shoot. So the depth's gotten a little better. Um, don't expect to have world beaters 
you know, on defense like we're used to seeing still, I think. But it's going to be better. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't expect uh, at least front four. I don't yes. think the front four is going to be – it should be better than last year to where you aren't having – I don't think Justin Jones leads in sacks again for the Bears is what I'm going to put yes. it bluntly. I'm hoping that Travis Gibson leads in sacks for the Bears because he gets more assistance from better blitzes from – some of the new pieces, new pieces or guys that are in the system more. I'm hoping it's not Jaquan Brisker that they're just throwing out there as the, oh, de facto, go blitz the quarterback guy because that clearly is a little, you know, it gets a little readable after a while, you know. Yep. Offenses yep. pick up on that when you know that's the only person bringing legitimate pressure from the second level. Um, that's what I'm hoping is you get, maybe not Jones, maybe, like I said, you get, you know, Demarcus Walker, who had an impeccable last season with the Titans. He goes and continues his upward trend on a pretty good deal. You know, again, Gibson, who we've been sitting for two years now, it's like he's got the tools. Uh He just hasn't fully put the tools into play. He's a good supporter. He hasn't done it as a starter. I want that starter to come out and play the way he has when he was a rotational piece. I'm waiting for that to happen. And that this year it should be a little easier because they have more options to where offensive lines will get confused. Hopefully you can get more one-on-one options is what I'm trying to say too, because you don't have as much people worried. And that should, we shouldn't see Jones lead with three sacks. No. Dear God, I'm hoping that does not happen again. (laughs) That will let them just come run up on a normal run play. That will allow them to play in zone defenses or whatever they need to do and not say, hey, now you have to go up and get this quarterback. And hopefully that keeps them healthier, where if they're just playing their positions and the defensive line and linebackers can do their job in this 4-3, it allows them to just kind of say, hey, we'll just come up and make normal tackles on a running back wide receiver. We can come downhill. We don't need to worry about tackling the quarterback or bringing them up. That That's hopefully what you're going to see from an upgraded, quote-unquote, de- I think the offense is more upgraded than the defense from last year, but it is upgraded. But yeah, yeah it's – uh... I think it's definitely taken a higher up priority at the very least. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, shoot, man, I can't even talk about the tight, like Cole Komet being back, but like they brought on Robert Tunyon too, as well. I mean, that that's great depth at the tight end spot yes. as a blocker yep. and as a pass catcher. So the, the, you look at, like I said, you look at the offensive side of it now after the draft and, you know, like I said, there shouldn't be any excuse to where this team can't get eight to ten wins this year. Maybe with how the NFC is, push for a potential seventh seed wild card playoff or wild card spot. Given how it is, and given how the North is, like I know Minnesota still is going to probably get some games. I don't trust them though. I've seen some people try and gaslight me into believing Jordan loves the next th- greatest thing since sliced bread and. I think you all were lying to yourselves. So Uh Uh unless he comes out and proves me wrong, if I swear to God, if the Packers get another good quarterback, (laughs) I I might as well just start asking, what is the point? (laughs) I'll I'll be a Lions fan if that happens. Like, you know what? If I go be a Lions fan, the Packers won't hurt me as much like they have (laughs) being with the Bears. Because I do like the Lions. That's the sad thing. I do like watching them. I love it. So part well, they of these- didn't do, they didn't do too bad too. I thought they got a saw uh, their draft was actually. I mean, talk about wheeling and dealing. Oh yeah, I, I love their I love their draft class, and I love what they did at QB because you saw that with Jared Goff, they committed to Jared Goff, but they got someone that 
has some upside if they want to develop him with mm-hmm. Hendon Hooker. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great choice later in the draft for any teams I was seeing. And still, you see... But the Jets with Jared a Goff's, draft hall and for the... I know it's a Bears show, but like Goff's talking about an extension preliminary right now. So yep. they're still feeling it out, but you know they did it smart. You know, There's probably no pressure at all on Jared Goff because they... Hendon Hooker's got to worry about recovery, and he's clearly the developmental QB, if anything. He is not the starter. So, you know, they brought him on as a death piece for someone that's a maybe future type of guy. Yeah. And that, that was a smart play. Yeah. And this is going to keep the NFC North interesting this year. You know, it's always been Packers, maybe the Vikings, but it's always been... No, I mean, back in the day, Bears, too. But, I mean, like, for the last couple of years, it's been Packers. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings right there on yeah. their tail. This year, if Vikings don't perform well and don't stay healthy and the Packers crumble a little bit and whatever, it could come down to the Bears and the Lions. For okay. sure. You know, that's not too wild. Now, now it's funny. Ever since the offseason hit, and credit, my job, I, I uh, if you guys track, I, I have to watch a lot of Colin Coward or... I feel so bad for you. (laughs) But it's funny, like, even if you talk non-Colin Coward, a lot of the the media pundits nationally, they were high on Chicago this offseason. They've actually kind of calmed down on them. They put them back down towards, like, the lower half of the NFC again, which I was like, really interesting. So I guess when we're not playing, we just kind of forget about the potential again. Oh, yeah. You know? When they're playing, it's Justin Fields is God and everything else. And then mm-hmm. the offseason, look how great they become and blah, 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 blah. And then we draft some people and they go, well, never Because mind. even with even with Colin Coward, it was funny. Colin Coward, you know, he does these uh, top tens a lot. Yeah. Uh, every, I think at least once a week, he has a top ten. Just random question type of deal. And they were doing top ten NFC QBs as of this week. Fields was not in the top ten. Which actually surprised me given how much momentum... Justin Fields was given nationally last yeah. year that he wasn't a top 10 quarterback. So I'm like, cause let me think here. Who do they rate ahead? I think, no, I'm going to have to double check, but I thought that they put Bryce young at 10. See, I got an arguments with about putting Justin Fields in a top 10 and I didn't, I said, I could see why he could be a top 10 and not, but you can't, I don't think you could put somebody in the top 10 if they haven't played an NFL snap yet either. A lot of hype around him too, but you know how the, you and I know how this works right? at this point. Cause I'm a, I like Bryce young. Like if I kind of wish the bears al- had him, but you know, we had just almost like fields now is not considered the shiny new toy. Well, that's the and thing. So that's the until thing. he comes back on and plays the same right. way, they're going to forget about him until week one. I think <laughs> is what I'm seeing happen. We've talked about it before where these certain shows and things, they flip-flop, but they're just bears. But all over ESPN and Fox News and Fox, whatever, what did they say? All they could talk about was Justin Fields. All they could talk about was Justin Fields. Now it's done. Or near the end of the season, they all finally started to say, if you watch every single one of them, oh, he's not that great of a passer. What are you guys talking about? And it was like, well, well, wait a minute. You said he was, and it was the O-line's fault. Then the O-line actually played better as the season went on. Actually, if you look at the numbers and like power rankings, they did. they did. Then it became, well, he has nobody to throw to. Then it became, well, he's not that great of a passer, guys. What are you talking about? <laughs> he hasn't proven that it, yet. It's wild. 
it's wild, man. Like I said, it, you, I just, with my, what I do for a living now, just kind of television and I do see a lot of those national end credits, Fox ESPN, but I can also say ESPN does a lot of similar deals like that. Fox, they, they stick with a lot of storylines through all their shows for the most part. And yeah, no, I, uh, Justin Fields has not been a topic of interest like at all this off season, which again, for how much they talked about him through last year on ESPN and Fox sports, it's shocking how little it's brought and credit. I think a lot of oxygen was taken out of the room because of Lamar Jackson, but like even this week after the Jackson deal has been done for over for about a week now, they're still talking about Lamar Jackson now. Yes. Which is funny because you and I have talked the prototypical arc we're hoping fields takes is one of Lamar Jackson. And I think that that's very possible this season. So I assume he's going to come back up, but again, that comes down to developments. Mm-hmm. Obviously the line's going to be, I think it will be better. You think it'll be better. Um, he's going to have more time up to you to put it together. Yeah. And DJ Moore is going to definitely help tremendously with that. So, yeah. So if the, I think we talked last time before, and I made like a small clip thing about pressure beyond Justin Fields, and I got a couple of comments saying there is no pressure on him because he's already good. And I'm like, well, okay, that's your opinion. That's great, whatever. I mean, I think he's athletically gifted and good at running. Yeah. And he's great at, at escapability and, you know, his pure speed. But, again, you got you to gotta be able to deliver when it matters, and you got to be able to throw – and consistently continue a drive. Not every down. Like, I watch arena football, Steve, or Coach, whichever one. I call you both, but you know, Coach Steve. You can call me I, Steve. I, I wa- players I can't. Know, I know players can't. I'm not playing anymore, as you can obviously <laughs> tell. The uh, the uh, extra layers have added on. I, I need to cut down a little bit. That's why the but, that's why I have the camera stop here. So exactly. Good. You look down here. It's a problem. Uh, <laughs> this is the money about, maker. <laughs> Clearly, yes. My my big round face is is the money maker. The the good looking microphone I have is the money maker. YouTube content, people. You're listening on audio on audio platforms. You're missing out. Go over and go over and jump on the Coach Steve Show YouTube page right now and click that subscribe button because you're going to get to (laughs) see me talk about my fat face and my beard. Um, What was I saying? Oh yes, uh, Justin Fields. So again, great great athletic talent. Someone that we already know can run a four, four forty that can basically make defenses look like fools. If you give them one missed tackle, mm-hmm. but again, not every play is a home run run. Not every play is a home run ball. He's a pretty deep pass. There's no denying it. Not every play is that the thing he needed. To, he's developing on and you know, bears fans, even at the end of the season started finally acknowledging us. I was like, thank God we're all kind of on the same page at the end of the year was you got to be able to do the mid range. You got to be able to do sustainable drives to where you're not relying on broken plays or deep stuff. Cause the thing is good defensive coordinators know how to stop good talent or yep. at least mitigate good talent yep. and good athleticism. So that's what's crucial this year. The athleticism we know is there with Justin Fields. We know he's got a can for an arm, but now you got all the tools to do everything else. That's the in-between stuff. Time to show us you can do the in-between stuff mm-hmm. and that you can take this offense to that even farther next level and you don't have to put yourself at risk every play and you don't have to run an RPO or, you know, jet sweeps or, or an RPO or design sweeps out to the left or right and have to hope to God that your body does hold up 
after mm-hmm. that much beating. Yes. Because we don't want to see it. No. We saw it with Mitch Trubisky, and we don't want to see that with an even, I think, more athletically talented quarterback in Justin Fields. No. And we don't want to see certain things Lamar Jackson has done either. Well, but. that too. And again, Lamar Jackson, I mean, Jesus, last two years, multiple games out with injury, which I'm glad he got his deal. But again, as people brought up, there's a reason why there was hesitancy. Uh-huh. There's still going to be that hesitancy this year. And Bears fans look at Lamar and go, yeah, we hope we don't have to deal with that where it's six games a year because he's beaten up in his early years that he's out. And we have to just hope to God our backup's good, which PJ Walker's solid, but I'd rather have Justin Fields in. <laughs> or there's a reason why Jalen Hurts is paid because he proved that he could make some throws. That, that too. And Hurts also, I think that's the argument for Bears fans. Well, look at what Hurts had last year. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Good okay. offensive line high-caliber weapons, yeah, now we expect maybe, I don't say we can all expect MVP season, but I expect at least high, I expect at least closer to what that was now. I mean, there's no excuse. Everything's there. Yeah, because we have it now. We have something similar now. Your your offense coordinator didn't leave. He's still there too. Same system. Same Same head coach. There's no changes. Everything's lined up to where it's on you. This isn't put Jay, the pieces together. This isn't Jay Cutler who had a different head coach, offense coordinator every other year. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- there's the at least a, there's two years stability back to back for you to yes. work with. Because because now we have it. You want to talk about the Eagles? Now we have similar esque receivers and everything. Mm-hmm. Same system. That's right. You know, so we'll we'll see. Um, hey, Luke Getzey, you want a head coaching job? Better have a good year this year. <laughs> I'm just you telling you, he, he will he will be a head coaching candidate if they are one of the top 10 offenses in the NFL this season. I bet he will already be looked at, maybe preliminary. Yeah. But, you know, he's got more weapons. He doesn't have to do basics like he was last year. He doesn't have to do more creative, you know, get him out in space type of plays. It's all about executing the more complex stuff now. You know, he talked, I, I, you know, one thing I remember with Getsy when they brought him in, is there's a lot of stuff I think he was comparing to where you couldn't translate Rogers' game to Fields' game in terms of the, I can get out of the pocket, I can create with my feet, I can get a little more creative because I'm still athletic enough to run. I, I just expect a lot more right. this year. So, And it's because of a good draft. Yeah, <laughs> This does tie into the draft episode. It's because it's a good draft. They have all the tools necessary to where there's no excuse this year to at least get a reasonable roster. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, I think that's the, the, I don't know if moral is the right word, moral of the story or moral of the draft. Moral of the is. story. Um, you know, I'm a little sunburned if they can't tell. So I'm probably, uh, delusional. Base baseball season got you in full swing right now. Well, we're, 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 we're getting close to being done, but yeah, yeah. Baseball has been, well, a couple of weeks ago we had seven games in eight days. Yes, that that'll that'll do it for you. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it'll do it for you. But I think we don't expect a Super Bowl next year. We don't expect this. I think all Bears fans, no. after this draft and this free agency, we can just expect to win more than three. So we should win more than three games as of right now, as we stand in May. We haven't looked at the summer. We haven't looked at preseason. But I think we all can be on the same page as not talking about Justin Fields all the time. Not talking about this. If you just look at the team, right. And, and if it takes the steps forward, like for every head coach, every quarterback, if the next year you take steps forward, things should happen. That was what kind of got 
Matt Nagy fired was you had this amazing year, your very first year. So we all expect anywhere from 10 wins to 14 wins. Now, if you go 12 and four, then we go eight and eight, we go eight and eight, we do this. And you're just, if you stay stagnant, unless you're Bill Belichick, you will be let go. Like it, it will just happen. So yeah, we just, ex- we'll be better. Can you believe, I never thought I'd hear this in my life, but I think I've heard more this off season of, and it's been more whispery, but like, still like every now and then you hear someone is this a year that belichick's gotta prove himself you know like that that's weird but that is a legitimate question that i think people don't want to talk about and they might have to this year if they don't if uh bill o'brien doesn't come in and magically wave a wand over the offense so yeah i don't know i i just thought about that you brought up belichick i'm like yeah that's kind of a good point he's i mean Last year was kind of not a banner year, and those are some awkward coaching decisions he made to pick for offensive coordinators. So, yeah. But I, he's a guy where I go, he knows something I don't know, and so I know, I know. You you give him that doubt, you know, when you win, when you win so many Super Bowls, and you know, it, folks, it wasn't just Tom Brady. This guy is a legitimate football genius. We've seen it, you know. <laughs> I think Obviously, he's bought, I think he bought some time. I think he has time. Like he does. No, no, no. I, I think to me, I think if you don't, if you don't succeed this year with the coordinator that basically helped Mac Jones in all cases when he was in college, I don't know what else you do then. You right. know, I, I think if you're Robert Kraft, you do legitimately then start sitting there and going, "Huh, we might actually have to cross that bridge pretty soon, won't we?" Yeah, I think he would retire first. They probably would ask him is what would happen. And I think he would choose to do that to do the honorable thing. Then he'll go to Alabama with Nick Saban. (laughs) Yep. The ultimate duo. (laughs) The ultimate modern-day football duo. Best best NFL head coach over the modern over the modern era versus alongside the best college football coach in the 21st century. Back together again, baby, from the Cleveland Back together Browns. Again. Back together, and they'll win it all, all the time. Um, what a time to what a time to be alive. Well, I think we covered everything we needed to with the draft. I'm sure there'll be other bear stuff that happens from here on out that we can discuss. Well, yeah. But schedule release should be coming up uh, in a few weeks this month, so we'll get to talk about that. That'll impact how we think they can get to that eight to ten wins that we're yes. that we're expecting them to get. So that's good. Yes, sir. That would be the next one. Um, so we'll be back on when my baseball schedule winds down. Now my summer's still just as busy, but you know I have more leeway with that. But yeah, no, no joke. I mean, I'll I'll definitely be jumping on with you more. But hey, between you doing you know legitimate job and me doing two podcasts that I pretend are jobs, <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll jump on. Luckily, it's not mid season. L- luckily, my stuff and your stuff to a degree calms down to where we can do it re- weekly again. Yes. Later this year. So, yes, we'll it's get good to know. We'll get back to doing that weekly, uh, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Zach, thanks for coming back. Uh, another Bear Down segment wrapped up. Um, again, like and subscribe. Check out Zach's podcast, USFL and Inside the Walls. Um, there you go. Check all that out because USFL is still in full swing. Um, talking about all that. Um, thank you guys again for watching or listening, and we will see you guys next time.